This is John Halsman, and welcome to the Patrick Henry Podcast, where we look at the failings of the traditional establishment in the world and the reasons for it. This is the first of a three-parter on how the pandemic has made clear that people simply don't understand democracy, their democratic rights, and the world that they live in. And this is true of both elites and citizens alike. Elites have taken advantage of this lack of understanding, but on the other hand, citizens ought to know what they're doing. And in a way, it comes back to Dr. Franklin, whose famous quote is, those who are prepared to give up their liberty in order to get a little security deserve neither. And that's what's been happening throughout the pandemic. Under the guise of somehow securing people, uh, an elite who simply don't understand the pandemic basically uh, have taken rights that people have sheep-like been willing to give to them. And this is the base philosophical problem. If you look at the example of my case in Italy, uh, that will be where we make our points today. But I want to make clear, this is the first of a three-parter. We're going after the British establishment next week and the American establishment and Fauciism the week after that, because this is something that requires a longer conversation. And I don't want to assume at all that Italy is alone in this. Austria has locked down literally everyone Germany, not known for its historical devotion to individual liberty, has begun a panicky series of statewide lockdowns without much thought as to what's going on. But I want to focus on Italy because it's the example that I know best and simply look at today's newspaper, Monday morning, where the Italian general in charge of the pandemic has made it clear he has absolutely no idea what he's doing. Because his answer is to do more of the same, confirming Einstein's definition of insanity to do the same failed thing over and over again and expect a different result. And that's precisely what he's doing at present. His answer to the problem of Omicron, a very different variant, by the way, than Delta, as everyone who can read a newspaper now knows, is depressingly the same, to monitor children and to lead to a booster shot. I would ask him a series of five questions, which if anyone can answer, I will do as they say. But of course they can't, because I didn't leave my brain at the door. The first thing is, why in the world, General, are we focusing on booster shots when they last about 10 weeks? This isn't a solution to anything. This is throwing a plate in the air at best. But with gravity, plates tend to go down. And this is no answer to anything. And I'd ask, why are you focusing on booster shots that last 10 weeks. How many of these are you planning for me to have in a calendar year? This isn't the answer. This is being seen as doing something. The most awful phrase in the English language in terms of policy. You don't know what to do, so we all have to go through the Italian bureaucracy again? This is absolutely ridiculous and helps no one. Worse, you're tying it to the Green Pass, so you're tying me doing this to my liberty. If I don't do this, in essence, I'm under house arrest other than being allowed to go to work, which actually furthers you as well as me. But I'm not allowed to do any of the innate rights that citizens enjoy. Go to a coffee shop, go to a cinema, go shopping, take a walk in the park. I can't do any of this because somehow you think you're in charge of my rights. And this is what I mean by Europeans fundamentally misunderstanding the reality of Lockean democratic theory, which oddly enough originated in Europe and then was taken by the founders of my country as the basis of the American Revolution. But it's a European idea. Let's be absolutely clear about it. And the idea, since the general doesn't seem to know any constitutional theory, let me enlighten him. The theory is simple. It's that rights come from nature or God, 
and are innate in mankind. We devolve some of these rights to individual governments in order to govern, but they govern on our time. The rights are mine. If the rights aren't mentioned, as the American Tenth Amendment says, they devolve to the people. Only enumerated rights are given to governments. And yet the Italian government makes it very clear it's the other way around. They think a bunch of Italian technocrats, not known for their skill, by the way, are in charge and are the repository of rights. And if I behave like a good little boy and do precisely what they tell me to do, then I get my rights. It is exactly back to front. And the fact that no one in the European elite seems to know anything about John Locke, anything about Montesquieu, anything about the founding of the European Enlightenment, I stress the word European to Enlightenment, is appalling. Worse, their citizens don't know anything about it and think this is normal. The government is protecting us. They're merely letting us do, telling us what to do, which is a good thing. They have the repository of rights that they then give to me when I behave like a good little boy. This is absolutely the opposite of Jeffersonian thought. The rights are mine, not theirs, and this idiotic 10-week booster where I have to do what they say is nothing more and nothing less than coercion. That's all this is, and it's coercion for a bunch of idiots who don't understand the nature of Omicron. There's that. Second question, why are you focusing on testing children? This, if anything, is more idiotic, because what happens here is about old people. The one thing we know about this virus, the one thing we're sure about it, as opposed to other forms of flu, is that it trends radically toward the elderly. So testing young people and children is like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic and giving them vac vaccinations, where the vaccination itself, though of a very low risk, is probably riskier than them not having anything at all, means we are subverting their rights in honor of helping, yet again, yes, you guessed it, old people, without any democratic debate. And this is just the tip of the iceberg for young people not mattering. The young people have been sacrificed throughout this pandemic with what amounts to callow willfulness. Look at what's happening. Anyone who says educationally these people are within two years of their grade level in terms of reading and math simply hasn't been around children lately. The suicide rate is up. The abuse rate is up. The alcohol rate is up. The drug rate is up. The spousal abuse rate is up. The American uh, Surgeon General just said that young people in America have a mental health crisis. Well, yeah, that tends to happen if you lock people down who are just becoming social for two years so the lady across the street might not get sick. And without any debate whatsoever, this has become the reality of what's going on. This has been for old people and giving young people a shot that they don't need while you ignore older people who ought to have been locked down, again, and not forcibly, but should have been advised to be locked down as the virus skews to them in March 2020, we're back to where we started because they haven't solved the innate problem in the first place. So one, the general certainly doesn't understand Locke, nor does the draggy government nor do the citizens who let them take the rights. And again, Franklin's right. If you give up your rights, you deserve to lose them. You have to be an active citizen, not a passive citizen, not leave your brain at the door. But he doesn't understand Locke. He doesn't understand that the booster shot does nothing unless you're older. If you're older, I would advise you to get it. But other than that, this is an absolute waste of time. And then you tie it to my liberty is an obscenity. 
Third, you think somehow this is about watching young people when the disease skews overwhelmingly to the elderly. Fourth, sir, I would argue, do you understand the difference between the Delta and Omicron strains of the virus? Omicron, as I've said over and over again, and frankly, first among many, I've said Omicron is a disease. This is in line with Darwinian theory. The flu that happened in the Spanish flu of 1918-20, the Asian flu of 1957-58, and the Hong Kong flu of 1968-69 followed precisely this pattern because it's part of Darwinian evolution. Darwin says to them that the flu wishes to survive, so it becomes vaccine-resistant, more transmissible, and less lethal. And all of that makes evolutionary sense. The vaccine wants to, I mean, sorry, the virus wants to survive. And to survive, the virus has to evade vaccines. The virus has to, at the same time, be more transmissible and not kill its host so it can be transmitted. This is utterly predictable. This is absolutely what's happening and is a very good thing indeed. Because if more people get the virus without violating the core tenets of societal survival in the pandemic, which are simple. The core tenets are no one goes to the hospital, nobody dies. If you can lower the death rate and lower the hospitalization rate, society will be fine. Well, this is what Omicron does. Omicron is far less lethal and far less deadly, so far fewer people who get it are going to the hospital and are dying. Yes, there is a danger to Omicron, and we must acknowledge it. It's the locust danger. We're not fighting elephants anymore. We're fighting locusts. And one locust on its own can't do much of anything. Ten locusts can be stamped on. But a million locusts, as every good Midwesterner knows, can ruin a farm. And that is indeed the danger from Omicron. If there are just so many cases, there will be enough of them that it could still swamp the healthcare systems. And this is a real problem, which is why the elderly ought to get vaccinated and why we ought to take it seriously. But to pretend that Omicron is anything but good news is not looking clearly at the vaccination issue or more importantly at the pandemic overall. Because this is good news. This is very good news indeed. People aren't dying and they're not going to the hospital. And within a year, this will be over, whether governments have the wit to recognize it or not, meaning no one will be going to the hospital, nobody will be dying, and COVID-19 will be just another strand of flu that, that we have to live with, which is what's been going on with disease since human beings emerged from caves. So to sum up what's going on here, the general is wrong about everything. He doesn't understand Lockean democratic rights. He doesn't understand that watching for children is rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. He doesn't understand that a booster shot of 10 weeks isn't going to do much to help or hurt me. It's doing something rather than really doing something. And he doesn't understand the basic Omicron spread. And yet somehow I'm supposed to give my blind authority to him. There is also, as this is going on, a mad rush away from accountability. And this is something that we must hold all the people to, because without that, republics don't work. I remember in America being horrified that the people who caused the Iraq war continued on. John Bolton, for goodness, became national security advisor to Donald Trump somehow. Bill Kristol still writes in his red throughout the world. Ann Applebaum still writes articles for The Atlantic, having discovered Stalin is bad in the interval, but not having conveniently forgotten her role in the Iraq war and starting it, and cheerleading for it, along with David Frum, Krauthammer, Crystal, Kagan, 
all of them, ought not to have jobs. We should hold people accountable for life and death decisions and analyses that they make. How many people have gotten this wrong? How many people have just said lockdown like a religion rather than a tactic? It was a good tactic in March 2020, but to come up with nothing new while we have an entirely different situation, an entirely different strain, an entirely different variant is not to be creative, is not to do good work, to immediately give up your rights, to immediately try to enforce people to do things in a democratic society under the guise of it being an emergency is idiotic. And already you hear the people who are wrong begin to run away from it. Even the guardian, the left-leading guardian is saying, well, Omicron might be different. It might be the end of the pandemic. That's called a shading article as they begin to run away from their hysteria. Notice that newspapers in the mainstream media now cover the case number and not the hospital number or the death number. There has been a massive shifting of the goalposts. And the reason for the shifting of the goalposts is how wrong they have been. So they want to keep you scared. They want to keep you cowed. They want to keep you not thinking. And so what do they say? Oh, let's give up on the hospital and death numbers, which are the numbers that matter, because you might realize that, indeed, the pandemic is coming to an end. And let's focus on the scary number of people who have the flu, who have the flu. And so the numbers are off the chart. The numbers are similar to last year. The difference is no one's dying and no one's going to the hospital. They conveniently leave that in small print on page 13 and merely publish the case numbers over and over and over again on the headlines. If you think I'm crazy, look at the headlines of mainline newspapers like The Times, which I read, The Guardian, which I read, The New York Times, The Washington Post, and even The Wall Street Journal. If you look across the spectrum, you see the mainstream media focusing on the frequency and changing that without anyone noticing like some magician's trick, changing that from what matters, which is the death number and the hospitalization number. And by doing that, they are moving the goalposts to keep you frightened, to keep you away from your rights, and to keep you in the dark. But don't let them use your brain. And you can see that this is what's happening. But people are running away from getting this wrong. Even the Guardian is. Here in Italy, a number of forecasters are resulting in the usual logical fallacies because many people here do not understand how to argue, how to actually take it in, think, and not get into these logical cul-de-sacs. There's the usual whataboutism. Well, the rest of the world hasn't done very well either. That's true. And that doesn't let your government or your analysis remotely off the hook. We're talking about you, what you said, what you did, what your government did, your analytical record, your call record. And no amount of talking about Donald Trump changes that. That's idiotic. This is first-year logic stuff. And they're using this to try to shelter themselves, to quote Bob Dylan, from the storm. And that's one thing that's going on. Another is that they are quiet. Many of the people pushing for the most draconian outcomes have become eloquently silent. Anybody remember long COVID and how that was going to be the boogeyman? Ever remember the stories about, well, there's a virus somewhere in Africa and it's going to be even worse and overwhelm us? How many of those stories were there? We need to stay locked down forever. While no one in Italy is talking about the one relevant fact. 10% of this country's GDP went away last year while public sector workers watched box sets on Netflix. How many years do you think this can go on without Italy becoming Greece? Nobody talks about that. Nobody discusses that. Nobody discusses the trade-offs made for lockdown, which are 
the destruction of a generation of children, which are economic impoverishment. The idea that you have to work in order to retain your benefits has somehow been forgotten. And you can forget it all you want, but reality has a way of catching up with you. And so this is going on. So they're either quiet about the hysteria they've caused and their draconian measures they've caused. They're resulting to whataboutisms. They're certainly not mentioning natural rights. I don't hear that ever in the newspapers in Europe because they've forgotten the fact that without natural rights, the rights belong to the government and not you. That's a fundamental difference. And that's fundamentally not acceptable. But no one is holding them accountable. We must hold everyone who got this wrong in Italy and Europe and the United States and the UK accountable. We have no form of Republican government if we don't reward people who do well and if we do not punish people by not reading them, taking them seriously, listening to their next complaint. Remember in The Boy Who Cried Wolf, the problem was that the boy misled people, lost all his credibility, and then a wolf showed up and ate everything. There will be crises ahead. And anybody who relies on the Italian prognosticators who got us into this mess in the first place, doesn't look at their dreadful track record and say, I shouldn't vote for them, I shouldn't listen to them, unless they can explain away why they were wrong about the most important political risk event of the 20th, 21st century. If you can't explain that, you ought not to be listened to. Because without accountability, it's not a republic. And I fear here in Italy, people have forgotten the bases of the republican government in which they live in. And in this obsession with green passes and control and feeble, pathetic efforts to control a virus they don't understand, this leads me to my last point, which is testing. Everyone in Italy has made the green pass everything, vaccination, everything. I've been vaccinated. I'm glad I've been vaccinated. I want to make this clear. I think that this is a wonderful thing, and I'm happy to have done it. But it's a tool. It's not a silver bullet that ends everything. I had a chapter in my book about this, To Dare More Boldly, The Promised Land Fallacy. And one of the great failings of states people is that they think there's one answer that will magically solve all their problems. This just isn't how life works. And often by over-reliance on that one answer, they miss other things that lead to their ruin. And that's what's happened here, that vaccination is indeed a very good thing. But the problem is nobody's looked at testing. And in fact, they've denigrated testing. Whereas the Anglo-Saxons, in their bumbling way, having gotten it wrong over and over again, are at least pragmatic enough to talk about testing, and now home testing is being wildly encouraged. Here in Italy, the testing results are, to put it mildly, a shambles. People aren't reporting because of the horrendous state of the Italian bureaucracy. It's just too much hassle to report, or they're not reporting for their own selfish ends, it's not worth it, or they want to pretend they don't have a mild case of COVID. And so the numbers they're getting, and I can say this from personal experience and knowing an awful lot of people, the numbers are skewed, to put it mildly, toward catastrophe. Who do you test in such a situation? Guys who are dead and guys in the hospital. You don't test the person at home who doesn't bother reporting to you what's going on, but they're making reporting almost impossible. You have to go in person if you have a COVID test to a group, to a public center with other people with COVID all in a room together. Can you imagine anything more stupid? A five-year-old could organize this. These folks in the government can't organize a piss-up in a brewery. And so all these sick people have to go out in public, thereby infecting how many people, some of them stopping from standing in line to go to the supermarket. 
and they're told to go together, report to the government, rather than doing this digitally, rather than doing this through home tests being given to literally everyone, they're having to go to a centralized area and go through the agony of the Italian bureaucratic system. Guess what? There are a lot of people who are going to say, thanks, but no thanks. So the testing here is falling off the chart. And without getting the nature of Omicron correct, as I've laid it out, you're not going to get the policy correct. How in the world can you if you don't know the nature of the disease that you're fighting? So instead, we have some blockheaded general who probably didn't make the grade at NATO telling me things that anybody who has the super secret power of logic can see are wrong. And worse, he's allowed to trifle with my liberty. To end with Dr. Franklin... These are people who really don't deserve to be trusted. And if you're willing to give up your liberty for the idea of security, you deserve neither. Thanks very much for listening to today's Patrick Henry podcast and for this wonderful year you've given me on Substack. And it's been so gratifying. Those of you who like what we're doing, and so many of you have already done this, but those of you who haven't, please take the time before the new year to subscribe as we move more and more content as the year goes on over to the subscription basis. And for those of you who have subscribed, I'm about to have that vaunted espresso of mine for the price of half an espresso a month as our year ends. Think back over all the work we've done together since June. And if you think that we're worth half a Starbucks a month, $70 a year, $7 a month. For $70 a year, $7 a month, half a Starbucks, guess what? You're going to get more and more of this where we speak truth to power that desperately needs to hear it. Thanks a lot, and on to the new year.